Hi, welcome. So this is the first edition of The Takeaway. Um, thanks for listening. Um, I'm going to chalk this up to a test um, because I'm actually recording this about a week after I sent the newsletter. Um, typically, moving forward, this is going to be recorded um Maybe even before I send the newsletter, but maybe probably most likely one, two, three days after I send the newsletter, because um, a major part of this will be um, what I I'm going to call the countdown, and um, what that is is I'm going to go through the five most clicked um, articles of the newsletter. So you're getting this, um, and I'm going to assume that you you get the newsletter, you love it, you read it. Um, but if you don't, you'll still get the content. You're, I'm not going to try to um, leave you out of context. Um, and so here's what the three sections I have prepared for you today is one, the best thing. So I'm just going to highlight one really awesome thing from the newsletter um, or something that I've done that I've like um, produced some epic lists, some epic content for you, which for, in this case, this week, it's, um, the list of, uh, events of the year. So I'm going to highlight that. Then the countdown where I'm going to count down five of the top most clicked, um, articles. That's, um, you know, the real clicks. This is what people are interested in. Um, obviously this is going to over-index for some kind of like clickbaity topics, but, um, Looking past at the last, you know, 74, 75 um, newsletters, generally speaking, um, there's very few surprises, but usually every week there's at least one surprise to me. Um, but generally speaking, people will click on like what I think they'll click on. Um, and I've gotten better and better every week at that. So this is me um, talking about the article, but I'll also talk about why I think it was interesting, why I think um, people are interested in it. And you're going to get like a takeaway. Like what, what is the thing I want you to take away from each article? Um, what insight or information you're going to get uh, from that? Um, and a lot of it is going to be not necessarily what you think. Um, I'm pretty contrarian in my uh, thoughts on influencer marketing and the industry and marketing and influencers and creators. So this is going to be a really unique take. Um, you won't hear a lot of the stuff from anyone else that I talk about. The last thing I'm going to talk about, um, I believe, in this um, podcast, in this news audio newsletter, is what's not in the newsletter. Um and I'm going to talk about why I didn't include sort of a top headline. I'm going to talk about, you know, what we can learn from it. And, and I'll give you my take, my takeaway of the big topic. But typically, um, just so you know, my editorial thesis is to include articles, A, that are insightful um, and actionable. So you should be able to read every single article in every single newsletter that I produce and get something out of it and be able to change your behavior or change your actions based on reading this in some way, either gain some information, get smarter or, um, get, uh, uh keener, some more, uh, like optimize your thinking in some way or see some new perspective on, on, on something in our industry. Um, and that's my editorial thesis every week. And I, I hope it, it prevails. I hope it's unique. I also hope that like you actually get something out of it. Um, and so generally what's not in the newsletter is going to be the, the thing, uh, that everyone shares that week that everyone talks about. 
why do I not include it is because you've already been shared on it. It's the thing that's being shared. I can give you my unique take and I will in this version, in this audio version, but you won't see this in the newsletter. And so the three sections at now are the best thing, the countdown and what's not in the, the newsletter. What I ask of you is if you're listening to this and you have not dropped out yet, um, keep listening, listen all the way to the end and then email me. Um, the best way to contact me is through email. That's why I love sending newsletters because it's through email, but email me and tell me a, what did I get wrong? What did I get factually wrong? B, what do you think um, about the topics? Um, and then what I'll do is I'll include anyone who replies to me um, by email. I'll talk about them, um, not about the, well, anyway. I will talk about what their thoughts are and their, their questions or their take on it um, in the next edition. Might even put out a separate edition during the week or um, just do this once a week. We don't know. Um, this is really exciting. This is a new format for me. Um, so please bear with me as we go through all of the struggles um, that comes with <laughs> recording audio. Um, so I'm going to be clicking also around. So I apologize if um, it sounds like I'm clicking through things. Um um, because I am. That's literally what I'm doing. Um, we'll we'll fix the audio week to week. Um, we'll we'll find a better way to do it next week and each week moving forward. So the best thing of last week's article, um, or, uh, sorry, last week's newsletter, was definitely the list of over fifty events to attend. Hey, this is actually the most clicked thing in the in the um, newsletter um, by far. But um, also, it was the coolest thing. It was something I produced myself um, with the help of um, Daniel. So um, Daniel was, or is, he, he's not a was, he is not is. He is um, helping me with a little bit of uh, research, um, learning marketing, learning this industry himself. Um, he heeded the call a few weeks ago, months ago maybe, um, in which I asked for anyone who wants to sort of manage community. Um, we got to talking, we thought of this kind of um, topic to work on and see how he did. He did excellent. Um, and uh, really soon, like maybe next week or the week after, you're going to be able to see some of his writing. Um, we're putting together some interesting lists based on this list. So what happened is we, we got all of the like multi-day big conferences around the world that we could find that have anything to do with influencer marketing. Obviously, we did not include every single marketing or social media event ever. Um, really stuck to the main ones and aired on the side of like, does really anyone go to this that's in our industry? Do they really? Like, um, would they want to go to this to learn something? Would they go to this? Um, my bar... The way that I look at it, this is all of these events are something that you might want to fly in for. Like, are they worth, I asked myself, are they worth the price of a flight? Um, and two, so, so that was like awesome. And to be honest, um, all of them sounded fantastic. And I really want to like go to most of those events. Um, but I saw some interesting pair, um, groups. And so what we're working on is, is sort of some interesting little, smaller lists that that compare um, and contrast different events. So either you can make a choice to go to all, say, like 
five events that cover the same topic, or you can choose the cheapest or most expensive. Um, so right now you can go and search through the list. Um, you can search by country, by city, um, and you can also like type in maybe like a topic if you want to like look for something specific. Um, but that's a really awesome list, and and I'm I hope you check it out again. Um, oh, and it's based on a reader suggestion or a reader question. Um, in January, actually before January, I had someone reach out and say, "Hey, do you know any events that I should travel to?" I'm putting together my calendar, and yeah, it took me a few months to put this list together, but it was a suggestion. It was someone asking, so if you ask questions, I will answer sometimes with epic content. Um, so the countdown. So this is five articles that are the most clicked. Um, I will err on side on the side of like editorial, like making sure that they're really interesting. And these are, so the number six, so, so again, number one was by far the event. So that's done. Spoiler done. You know, the number one, um, most, so we're starting at six. So number six, the, the number six, the sixth most clicked article was the new report from, from Linkia, the 2019 State of Influencer Marketing. And the key points here, you can you can go download the whole report. It's free. They do a really good job of this every year. Um, but the key two, two key takeaways I got from this were the, the two stats. So 74% of marketers are using influencer content in other marketing channels. Um, two things that I love about this or, or no, well, one thing I love and one thing I hate about this. One thing I love is great. Use content, other places, influencer contents better than anything else. Um, and actually that's the other, other key stat here, but the thing I hate, um, and this is totally 100% my opinion, but I have aired on, I've seen anecdotes of this is that, um, brands might end up using influencer content when they've paid just for the content to be made and distributed on a certain channel. And if they use it on other channels, they should be, um, you know, that should be written in the SOW or the statement of work or the contract that it's going to be used. Um, creators, influencers should fight not against that, but they should fight for more pay if that's the case. Um, unfortunately, you know, Creators aren't so savvy, so they might not know to charge more. And if they do, they might charge too much. Um, I love the idea of licensing content, meaning it's not a, um, you can use it for anything and everything. It means, um, yeah, you can use it. You're going to pay for it, but you're going to pay for a limited set of, of ways to use it. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of licensing in, in, in monetizing content because you've already made the content. It's just added pay. Um, if marketers feel it's that way, though, um, I feel like they're going to take advantage of the situation and try to either not pay at all or do it on the sly where they they're say they say, well, it's not in the contract, but we can still do it because we paid for it. And that's not true. Um Oh, and yeah, so if you have a, a different take on this, if you if you look at these numbers and you think differently, please email me your your um, thoughts and say, again, where I'm wrong. Um, so number five is, is a, a quirky little article, very negative about influencer marketing. So it's really unique that I put this in here, but it, but it ended up being that the it was it was negative sounding, but the influencer and the creator got their pay in the end. So a cafe owner was ordered to pay Instagram influencer um, Chloe Roberts um, sixteen hundred dollars 
because they didn't want to pay because she had deleted the post, or at least it seemed like she deleted the post. Uh, from what I can tell from the article, she actually only archived it. And her point was that she archived it after, say, it got like 90% of all the views it would have ever gotten. Um, so, so something we've seen or I've seen is that generally YouTube videos, Instagram and Twitter, sort of anything that you post on social media or on these sort of distribution, digital distribution platforms, either 80 to 90% of the views or impressions will happen within the first 24 hours. Um, why I say 80 to 90% is because I've seen um, YouTube videos generally get 80% of their views within the first 24 hours, but that's a huge generality. Um, there are like a couple of interesting ways to distribute videos after you've posted them on YouTube. Particularly, you ha uh, channels have the featured um, video or featured content selection. Pardon me if I get that name wrong, but basically you can put that at the end of... Um, you can put that across all your video views. Hey, go watch this video. Um, pardon me if I got the name wrong. But um, it's something you can enable and you can set that featured video later than when you post that video. So that's really cool. Um, that you can increase the views a lot, even 24, 48 days after the video has been posted. Like I saw a channel that could basically get, I don't know what they got, like 50% of their views literally one, seven to eight days after they posted the video because they had some some kind of schedule where they featured a video a week later. It was very interesting. Um, so what I take away from this is, yay, she got her money, but this was like super negative for the, um, for the industry. Um, and uh, no surprise, um, people did respond to my request for um, their take on this in the newsletter last week. So in this week, uh, upcoming, quote-unquote, upcoming newsletter, Friday, the February 17th, um, you'll if you go check the Friday, May 17th edition, you'll see two, um, two people's uh, responses of do, how long do you keep up paid posts? One said six months, their, their influencers are contractually obligated to keep their posts live, and the other one said a year. And... Great insights. They generally said, um, they generally said, like, why would you ever take it down? Like, why wouldn't you do the deal? Why wouldn't you be proud of doing the deal? Um, and that's, you know, my takeaway from this, too. It's like she or this this particular influencer apparently did not like the work she did, didn't want it on her feed. And, and that's a big um, red, not, not maybe a red flag, but maybe a yellow flag. Like, that's a big flag for me. Like, I, I don't know if I would want to work with someone who consistently takes down branded posts, like isn't proud of their own work. And I absolutely know that uh, one tactic of, of keeping your feed clean with high engaging content is to put out a post that doesn't engage well and then take it down. I, I understand that people do that and that might be what she was doing there. That's a red flag to me though. If, if you can't consistently create content that's on a certain the level you've set. Um, but again, it's not a reason that I would never like work with someone again. I would just note that and understand like maybe if they are offering some, if they're offering me a certain price to release something for only 24 hours, there might be a reason behind that. Either they don't want to work with me or, um, they don't get the, 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 uh, engagement they, they, pro they promise. Um, 
Number four, the fourth most um, uh, clicked article this uh, week was 2019 trends in digital versus traditional media consumption. This is like a huge, um, lovely resource, a research topic for me. I love reading these things um, because these numbers are always up and up and up. Um, except TV. TV is always down. And what was striking here was that linear TV is holding steady at just under two hours, two hours and 20, two hours and 20 minutes a day. Or sorry, just under two hours. So um, social media is two hours and 20 minutes. Um, and that's that's pretty incredible. Um, what was also incredible is they still call it second screening. Um I think this term is a little, should be outdated by now. It should be multi-screening because I can tell you many times, I mean, most of the time, if you're quote unquote looking at a second screen, it's your phone and you're actually more absorbed and more in into that. Um, so uh, that was really just a funny little uh, nomenclature thing that I, that I like about this is that they still said second screening. As you watch TV, you see a second screen, whereas really that's our first screen is mobile now. Um, and also it shows that there's not 24 hours in a day. There's many more hours than that because we can um, see, we can have multiple screens, multiple audio sources. Um, we can have those. We obviously don't want them all the time. But there's way more overlap than you think. Um, and these these uh, numbers really, really, really tell us a lot. Um, digital consumers are now spending six hours and three, three, six and three quarters hours per day online. That's like an average. That's also like, that means 50% of people are doing more, 50% of people are doing less. That's, that's awesome. And, and again, that number is just going to keep on going up as more and more of our lives are on mobile. And I hope to see... Um, you know, I, I hoped. I wish there was a, a, a series of, of studies to figure out how much overlap is that really happening because I think it's way more than than, than we know. Um, number three most clicked article was twenty five influencers to follow before they hit the mega big leagues. Um, these lists are typically meant uh, or are made by some statistic. What I thought was really cool about this. Um, this list, I, I can't, I'm not going to highlight all of it. I'm just going to highlight like the reasoning behind it is that they like, what happened was they, they really just asked a dozen people like, who, who are you following? That's really interesting. And so you get a lot of really non-normal um, influencers in this list. So I would go check it out. Just check the whole list. Just read the whole list. It's fantastic. Um, number two. So this is, ends up being the number two. Again, the number one spot was the events list this week, but the number two spot, what content does well on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Google? Um, so before I go into the the actual study and and, and the the um, outcome of this, I want to say this was a huge surprise to me. I I would have put this in great reads if I knew that um, people liked it so much, um, and and this really changed my perception of what people want to um, read. Um, so what is really interesting about this? is there are the first, um, the, the topics that work best on different platforms. So there's six, the six platforms are Facebook, Google, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and Reddit. Again, Facebook, Google, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and Reddit. Um, 
topics are shared. The, the ones that are shared the most, I think, are um, lo- government, politics, science, tech, and computing. And that's they highlight those. And they highlight that those are specifically on Reddit, Google, Facebook, and Twitter. And what I noticed about Instagram and Pinterest is that these are more about style, fashion, arts, entertainment. Um, what was cool is that on Instagram and Pinterest, there was not science, not politics, not not tech and computing as much. Um, and why I, I see, why I saw those differences is because Instagram and Pinterest of the, all of these six are where conversations don't happen. You know, it is actually really difficult to have a forum or a conversation on Instagram. And so you see on Reddit um, and Facebook and Twitter, conversation is a big deal. Um, And so this is why politics is a really big topic. Science and tech and computing are like, you want to have a discussion about these. Um, Also, sports on Twitter is the biggest, um, or or big, and it's not on any of the other platforms. Um, That's exciting, because, I mean, we sort of generally know that athletes love Twitter. Um, What I also found interesting was that on Pinterest, again, were like the weird ones, where there was like desserts and baking and vegetarian were topics on um, Pinterest that were not on any other um, platform. Pinterest, I just see as like the sleeping giant. Like, there are there's so much traffic through Pinterest now. I mean, Reddit too. Uh, Reddit's the fourth most visited site in the world, or in the U.S. I think. I think seventh in the in the world and fourth in the U.S. Um, Pinterest is a sleeping giant. Like, I see very few. Um, people really, really making a huge effort on, on, on Pinterest to, to use the influencer marketing. And I think it's a, it's an, a huge opportunity. Um, same on Reddit too. Like I don't see much happening on Reddit. I think their advertisement advertising, they're struggling getting good advertising, but I think there's huge traffic involved. If you can, if you can get in the content, um, but that this, this topic is really cool. Um, I think you'll get your own insights. And if you had, um, any um, ideas? I think they, they go through like the purpose of each um, platform, and it's it's okay. They just need to like find a different word for each one. So I don't really like get much out of it. Um, just like macro level and meta level, looking at these, I I, I just noticed the discussion versus non discussion. I, I just saw that very clearly. Um, you know, Instagram and Pinterest were very consumption based. Um, sort of a consumers just seeing and, and getting sort of the creators are broadcasting. Um, the other platforms I see a lot of conversation and that's the macro level I saw. I think they go through in this article a little more and, and it's a little oddly like you know, on Instagram, the camera is the central format. Um, sure. Um, but again, the, the, this is interesting if you want to go and check out this like really quick article, but you got my takeaway from it. Um, and now um, the final selection of the podcast is um, what wasn't in the newsletter. So what's not in the newsletter? Um, so each week I'll tell you the topic and the headline and why it's not in the newsletter. Um, this week was the entire world is talking about, was talking about um, 
removing the like count from Instagram. This was a test. <coughs> Excuse me. This was a test, and everybody lost their shit. Um, I I couldn't believe that it, literally like everybody and their uncle was was asking how are influencers going to survive without likes. Um, if and here's my answer: is if you're relying on a single metric, then you can have that metric. Then you can have that metric gamed. So so really, if if you ask any any influencer marketing person, doing analytics or not, they'll tell you that no single metric matters above any other. Really, <clears throat> it's really really want to take a holistic look at at influencers, and so and also it's much deeper than just like count. And I get it, like like brands treat a like count as a read receipt. I get it, sure, like go ahead, do that. Um, but <coughs> but you don't have to do that, you know. Like really, when you're running in uh, a campaign, you're you're categorizing influencers by content, by their demographics, by their psychographics. Yes, by their like counts, but also by their comments, their authenticity, you know, the um, relatability, um, the subscriber count. You're, you're looking at every single number holistically, and everything should be taken into consideration. And sure, like again, I consider I don't consider like count as the read receipt, um, but but brands will treat it that way. And if they do, then then you have to you know you have to get. Um, change your KPIs towards that, totally fine. I get it. We all have to make money somehow. <coughs> but, and also it's just hiding it. It's like, if you're really talking, if you really have a connection to an influencer, just ask them. And if they really hide it, just ask them what the like count is. My big thing is, is my premonition or my, my thought, my opinion of what's going to happen is that what they, what Instagram will see on their side is when you hide a like count, um, the actual total number of likes will go down because I've seen I've seen this with my own human behavior with others is when you see a like count that's high you that's social proof that that thing is good and so you look at it more and then you're, you're more likely to uh, like it um, and this is I've seen that in like growth hacking for the last five years on Instagram I've seen that like count, is important to the consumer to like. So if so if Instagram itself hides the like count, they'll see a total decrease. And I think that's not good. I think that Instagram will see that as a not good thing. Um, there will oh there'll be other ways to to vet if someone is popular or not, like comment count or something. And sure, maybe it'll change to a different count or something. Um, but I, I, I honestly think that Instagram won't put this out everywhere. And if they do, it'll still be a test and they'll, they'll undo it eventually. Um, or it'll happen in some other way. Like they might change it to whatever the Facebook thing is with a bunch of different reactions. Um, that seemed, seemed to increase the total number of engagements um, on Facebook. So it was a, to them it was a success. Um, Instagram might you know, it might be not like, it might be thumbs up, thumbs down. It might be something else, but it might change it. Um, I, I would be not surprised to see more and more tests that of different things than just like count, which would be interesting, super interesting. Um, so I hope you liked uh, this new version of the newsletter, this audio version. 
We did the best thing, the countdown, and what's not in the newsletter. Um, I can't wait to hear uh, what you think. I should probably be drinking some more water when doing these. But um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a subscriber. Um, I can't wait until next week and to do this all again. Uh, bye and have a great one and, and hope you learned something.